We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up everybody welcome into an all-new episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl and joining me once again is a resident nfc north expert carmen vitale you can find her on twitter or x at carmy v Carmen, it is great to have you back on the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. My head's spinning a little bit, but uh, it's an exciting week. Yeah, we were just talking offline. There's a lot going on in the NFC North. Uh, Thankfully for you, not a ton going on in Minnesota, but Chicago's (laughs) got the first overall pick, quarterback decision to make. Detroit and Green Bay find themselves in the divisional round. Uh, Both should be really fun matchups. We'll go over both of those, but before we get started and before we get to Packers Cowboys and how the Packers and the Lions got to the position that they're in right now, uh, we did just get the injury report for Packers 49ers. So I kind of wanted to go over that really quick. Um, Mm -hmm. Out is Kingsley Nigbari, which we knew no surprise there. He by all reports tore his ACL and that's going to be an extended absence. Mm -hmm. Questionable for green Bay, Jair Alexander, A.J. Dillon, Isaiah McDuffie, and Daniel Whalen. As far as Whalen goes, he has an illness. It sounds like he's going to be fine, and there's not really any concern there. We'll see if they add a punter to the practice squad just to be, like, super safe. But if not, you can pretty much bet that they know he's going to go. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie, A.J. Dillon, and Jair Alexander, the three questionables that seem legitimately questionable. It sounds like Dillon may be able to go. Jair is, of course, the huge one, though. Yeah, and – in any other circumstance, if it was literally any other player than Jair Alexander, I would say, you know, we heard that he was further along in the beginning of, or beginning slash middle of this week than he was a week prior to that. And he ended up playing against Dallas, one of his best games, by the way. But there's been so many times where it seems like Jair has taken a couple steps forward only to take even more steps back. And I, I have to think, though, the playoffs mean something. And for as hard as he worked to get on the field in Dallas, he should be working just as hard. Uh, to get on the field in San Francisco. So I I would expect him to play, but I'm saying that very tentatively. Yeah, knock on wood. Uh, hopefully he does play. I'm sure he's going to give uh, everything to try to be a part of this game. Like you said, coming off arguably his best game of the season, might be his best game of the past two years. That interception was massive against Dallas, uh, but we're just going to have to kind of wait and see it. It does feel like it may, maybe probably from a McDuffie standpoint that McDillon, 
uh, McDillon, McDuffie, Dylan, and Alexander are going to be true questionables and probably true game time decisions going into this one. Uh, but the, the Alexander one just feels so unbelievably important with Brandon Ayuk, especially having somebody that can at least try to contain his play on the outside and doesn't get any easier with Debo Samuel on the other side. Just it is a plethora of weapons for the 49ers and you need all of your weapons at your disposal. If you want to counter it, no Jair would be, I think close to devastating for this Packers defense against the 49ers offense. But like I said, I'm sure, and like you said, I'm sure he's going to do everything in his power to play. Let's talk about that Packers Cowboys game because the Packers, boy, did they earn their spot to go to San Francisco and get the opportunity to play this 49ers team in Santa Clara. Uh, they took over early 27, nothing Dallas got uh, a little bit of a run, mostly garbage time stuff at the end. There was a little bit of offense, a little bit of defense, a little bit of everything. This was this might have been the most complete game that they played all season long. I agree. It has to be because not only did the defense get pressure and sacks, they had, what, three or four sacks on Dak Prescott? Uh, they also got two turnovers, one of which went for a touchdown. And that is the key. That's not something that the Green Bay Packers have been able to do this season defensively is get those interceptions. And that is what swings games. I mean, this – game didn't end up being particularly close but the more chances you can give Jordan Love in this offense the better off you're going to be and I really appreciated offensively how aggressive Matt LaFleur was he understands that in order to win these games where you are on paper outmatched you have to take risks those risks obviously have to go your way but you're not going to get you're not going to beat the 49ers especially by playing conservatively playing, you know, just just to kind of manage the game. You can't do yeah. that. You have to play aggressively. So I expect them to be even more aggressive going into San Francisco. I love the decision in Dallas to take the, the ball after winning the coin toss. I love the fourth and two decision to go for it. it th- these are things that you need to keep doing. And I foresee Matt LaFleur doing that, especially now because he has all the trust in the world in this offense. And why shouldn't he? Totally agreed. And I think it was a tone setter that he took the ball. Um, it was a tone setter that that first drive, um, th- there was a, a decent play to Dobbs over the middle, but that was a grind of a drive to get a touchdown on that opening drive. Uh, I had to overcome some negative plays to start it. They got a big penalty at the beginning of that. But again, they deserve so much credit for their aggressiveness and their ability to go out, take the ball and go down and score and just kind of change the calculus of that game right away. I know you wrote about a little bit and been talking about this Packers team being the youngest team in football, but they're not playing like it right now. The coaching staff, not just Matt LaFleur, but the Jason Vrabels and the John Dunn's of the world deserve a ton of credit. Uh, Tom Clements, of course, this offense looks unrecognizable from earlier in the season. It doesn't look anything like the way they were playing where three points in the first half was a grind to get. And yet here they are, putting up massive numbers in huge playoff performances against a really good Dallas defense. What, what are your takeaways from just this offense and how they're playing and how it's really improved through the course of the season? Yeah, that first drive, especially that you mentioned, I mean, what, 12 plays and it took almost eight minutes off the clock. It was just a textbook drive that you, as the Green Bay Packers, were able to control the clock, control the ball, control the game. And that it was thanks in part to Aaron Jones, who did things that Aaron Jones always does against the Dallas Cowboys. This is his fourth straight uh, 100-yard game, rushing game against the Cowboys, his hometown team. But the thing is, you never know who's going to pop off for this Green Bay defense. The benefit of all of these guys being so young 
and growing up together is that they are all on the same level now. And that's a testament to the coaching staff like we were just talking about. And it means that you can only game plan as a defense for so many guys. The Packers have more guys than you can game plan for. And we saw it against Dallas in Romeo Dobbs, who we all thought at the beginning of the season was going to be Jordan Love's number one receiver. It didn't necessarily work out that way, especially yardage wise. He tied for the team lead in touchdowns, but that the crown went to Jaden Reed, a rookie of all people. And so you saw Dallas game planning for Jaden Reed. They pretty much took him out of the game. Fine. The game plan for Christian Watson and his potential availability, which he ended up being able to go. Fine. Great. Uh, Jordan Love is then going to hit Romeo Dobbs for chunk plays after he gets completely lost in the zone. He's going to hit Dontavian Wicks for touchdowns. He's going to finally hit Luke Musgrave on that tight end league play. And Luke Musgrave is finally going to get into the end zone instead of stumbling like he did in week one. They're, the Packers are so dangerous right now because they have they have so many guys that can beat you. And they have a play caller who can play chess because his quarterback is playing him within his offense. Matt LaFleur can now set up the – he can build on top of the play, the game plan. And that's not something he was able to do with Aaron Rodgers. I think it was Ryan Wood that, po- that posted about this uh, on Twitter this week which is such a good point that it was Adam Stenovich that talked about this, that you you couldn't do that with Aaron Rodgers because you didn't know the calls that were being called on the field because Rodgers was changing so many of them. It, yeah. it affects how you can call a game. And that is clearly why there was friction between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers because they had differing ideas of what to do when you go out there. When you have a guy like Rodgers who can do that, that's awesome. But that takes away Matt LaFleur's kind of ability to think two to three steps ahead. And that's something he's now able to do because Jordan Love is playing within the structure of this offense. He's calling the plays that Matt LaFleur is calling. So Matt LaFleur can go out there and show you, you know, one to two different looks in the first half. He can show you those same looks in the second half, but run something completely different out of them. And that is what you're talking about when you talk about chess and really good play callers. So I think that this Packers offense can surprise a ton of people because of both that and the fact that they can beat you with so many different people. Man, if I would have told Dallas going into the game that Christian Watson and Jaden Reed would have a combined one catch, I think they probably would have felt like, oh yeah, we got this easy. And it's just, it's not like, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Jones getting involved. These, the rest of the wide receivers, Romeo Dobbs having his breakout performance of the season. They just have too many, too many weapons. As you said, like you can't stop them all. And I think the big difference from earlier in the season up until now is they're using all those guys at the best at what they do best. And yeah. there's the, the old of like, well, do they need a number one wide receiver? I go back and I've talked about this a couple of times this week. They have different number one wide receivers given d- dependent upon the position that they're in and what they need from that specific wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They all do different things really, really well. And you can utilize them to their strengths. And it, there's no easy way to stop. And you mentioned excuse me, you mentioned Aaron Jones. He is paying huge dividends for this offense right now and what he is bringing to the table. This, like, I don't know how you stop this offense because you play back like Dallas did and you play a faster, speedier defense with uh, some undersized linebackers. Good luck stopping Aaron Jones all game long. Like he's going to get a hundred plus and you start bringing those safeties down or you try bulking up or playing more of a base defense. Green Bay can beat you that way too. Mike Wall posted a great video of like, 
All right, they were starting to stop the run. So they were starting to cheat inside a little bit. And Green Bay just ran two verticals on the outside and just had Luke Musgrave sprint to the sideline underneath it. And he outleveraged the linebacker who was cheating in to try to stop Green Bay's split zone. And so he's cheating in. Musgrave just with his four, three, whatever freaking speed he has, just sprints <laughs> to the outside. Love has the easiest throw in the world to the flat because he's got him out leveraged. And Musgrave yeah. picked up an easy eight, nine yards on the play. And it's just pitch and catch. And it's just a really yeah. beautiful thing to watch right now. It is. And it's it's really good to be able to do both things where you can get those chunk plays when, you know, Romeo, you can identify that Romeo Dobbs is lost in coverage and you can hit him when he's wide open. But then, yeah, you can also play this pick and, pitch and catch game and you can dink and dunk on these defenses all game long and sustain these really long drives because of the fact that Jordan Love doesn't crumble under pressure. He's very even keel. He's very smart with the decisions that he makes. He can also go off script and, and improv if you need to off that back foot, which he loves to do so much. And then you have a guy like Aaron Jones who can, again, just grind out yard after yard after yard and get you some of those chunk plays too. So yep. there's there's no right way or there's no set way, I should say, in defending these guys. Matt LaFleur can switch up their tendencies constantly to the point where they don't have tendencies. And as a defense, that is so so hard to game plan for and especially now going against the 49ers if this 49ers defense as good as it is if it has a weakness if you call it that uh it's it's against the run they have been they've been gashed against the run on multiple occasions and that seems to be kind of a formula to score points on these guys and that's what the Packers are excelling at right now so it's gonna be I think this matchup I don't think the Packers are really getting the national attention that they deserve. I mean, you see the storylines coming out of Dallas after that game, and it was about Dallas's collapse and where they go from here. And is Mike McCarthy fired? And how could they do this? How could they self-destruct? Yada, yada, yada. Like, it wasn't (laughs) self-destructing. They got completely dominated by a young team that is so much better than you realize. Uh, And I think that that's going to be, you know, they have this underdog mentality, the Packers do, going into San Francisco, and that can absolutely work to your advantage when you're being underestimated. I was going to say, we don't need to change that uh, national narrative one bit because no. the team seems to be feeding off of that underdog mentality of, oh, you know, they, and they've brought up on their own, like they're playing with some level of house money and just kind of going out there. You can tell yeah. how free Nothing this team lose. is playing. No, not at all. And, and the, the juxtaposition to what Dallas was in this game and how tight they were and like some of the yeah. drama and like, it was just so it was a stark contrast of the team that was playing free and easy going and we got nothing to lose. And the other one's just like, we, we can't screw something up. And then they love, of course, when you're thinking of trying to not screw something up, of course, what do you do? You screw something up. So uh, I love the way that this team is playing and it's really led. We, we talked about the coaching and they get so much credit here too, but the the same adjectives that we've used all season long for Jordan Love and really even going back to his scouting report, report calm, cool, collected, whatever, you know, adjectives you want to use to define him. He's just even keeled as you can possibly be. And I think it was, I don't know if you retweeted it or posted it, but like him going into the locker room after the game, it was just like, no big deal. I just had one of the greatest you know, performances in my career and the biggest stage in Dallas in my first playoff game. Yeah whatever. I'm just going to go help somebody else out in the parking lot that's stuck in the snow. No big deal. Like it just, <laughs> nothing seems to phase this guy whatsoever. No, that was something that I, I was, I was running around in the tunnels in the bowels of AT&T stadium, like a mad woman uh, at the end of the game there, because 
I wanted to get the Packers coming out uh, off the field into the tunnel and into the locker room because I figured they would be really hyped up. That's some really good. I wanted to get their you know, their reaction yeah. to everything. And Jordan, this is the first time I think Jordan Love let me down all season because I was like, what, dude, you, you just went out there. And not only did you win that game, you dominated the Dallas Cowboys in AT&T, a place where they had won 16 straight games in, and completely silenced their crowd. And here you are just like, dapping some people up real even keel like woo wee like that was literally all we got out of jordan love and i was like bro what give me something i mean aaron jones gave me a little bit something he was he was kind of yelling and saying oh yeah yeah, but he's extra juiced up because he's home in in texas but man i then i had to sprint over and get jerry jones's scrum and i was a little late to that which meant that i couldn't i couldn't burrow my way in there that that thing is insane but I, i got enough to know that he wasn't commenting on Mike McCarthy and then it comes out that they're going to keep him. But it was, I was, I was really putting a lot on what those guys were going to do coming off the field and to not even just Jordan love, but the rest of them were very even keel. I mean, I think Jordan loves attitude and the way that he goes about things as is contagious. And it just permeated throughout the rest of the locker room where they were like, yeah, we always believed this could happen. This is what was supposed to happen in our eyes. And that showed. And I think that that bodes well for going into San Francisco this week and taking on what many deem as is the best team in the league, not even just the conference, on a huge stage. And especially given that it's the 49ers who have been the Packers boogeyman for the last few years. I I completely trust in Jordan Love to rise to this occasion because he has for pretty much everything else. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet, do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is interesting that the shoe is on the other foot after back-to-back weeks of the Packers going against the teams that they have owned in Dallas and Chicago. It is now very much the shoe on the other foot, and they are going against the team that has really owned them, and they have not done well against for a while now. And certainly through the the Aaron Rodgers era, San Francisco has been um, a kryptonite for him. And now Green Bay enters, obviously, this new era, and Jordan's going to have the ability to define it. He's got a really tough matchup this week. We'll talk about that at the end. A couple other things I want to go over. Um, you, you mentioned earlier, and we talked about a little bit, of Jair playing his best game of the season, how important he is against the 49ers this week. But it, it shouldn't be understated to go from – the weird coin toss situation to suspended for a week to coming back against Chicago, suffering the ankle injury, not knowing if he's going to play and then to come out play after all of that and really perform at a super high level, coming up with one of the biggest plays of the game, setting Green Bay up to go up 14, nothing. This was a, this is a vintage Jair Alexander performance. It was, and it does take mental fortitude to go out there and do that, especially after what many would consider kind of a humiliating experience when you go out for the coin toss and you make the wrong call and everybody is kind of clowning on you a little bit. And and to be suspended for a game that mattered, um, that, that, you know, that humbles you a little bit. Not that we saw a humble Jair Alexander in Dallas. And to be fair, I mean, the the cornerback position, it's one of those things where it's a gift and a curse in that you do get a lot of individual credit. So did you need to go out there for the team necessarily? Probably not. Jair needed to go out there for Jair because that only helps and kind of and justifies the contract that he's given being the highest paid corner in the league. It lets him show off a little bit, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to gloss over the fact that some of this is very self-serving for Jair. But at the same time, to kind of swallow your pride a little bit and get out there and work as hard as Jair had to work to get on that field, that does say something about not only Jair as a person, but this culture that Matt LaFleur has in Green Bay that says, listen, we're going to hold you accountable, but we're going to we're going to coach you hard and love you later. That's something that uh, Bruce Arians used to say all the time in Tampa. And that's something that clearly Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutenkunst subscribed to because this was this was a bit of tough love for Jair and he rose to the occasion. I think it's. It's impressive by Jair because not everyone's going to respond in that same way. He easily could have shut down the rest of the season and said, screw this. I'm asking for a trade in the off season and I'll be done with this whole situation. Um, Green Bay could have just let it go and probably not had, and Jair maybe doesn't have the realization that change needed to take place. And the hope all along, and as, as Green Bay basically said right away, is that They believe in Jair, that they want to have a long-term relationship with him, that this is just a small bump in the road and that everyone themselves included need to learn from this situation. I thought they handled it as well as they could perfect, you know, as as well as they could handle it in a tough situation. Um, But a lot of credit to Jair because we've seen other players in the similar situation not respond as well as he has. Um, 
that first press conference he had back, he was a little bit more stoic. He's like, I might have to change some things. Well, he's now back to being Jair. We're seeing the like, and I think that's important because you don't want him losing his swagger or his confidence or anything like that. That's who he is. Yeah. You want him. Yeah, to you, need that. That. You, <laughs> you need that. You need that as a corner. <laughs> exactly. But you also want it like focused in the right direction. And so far in a short period of time, it seems like that's what they're getting. They're getting that same Jair, but it's focused in the right direction. And hopefully he can play this week against San Fran because, again, you want to see him back up what he did uh, in an epic performance against the Cowboys. Really quick, on the whole, you get these two garbage touchdowns at the end when the game was in the balance before it was out of, what, 48 to 16. Um, they allow 16 points, as you mentioned earlier, two turnovers, pick six, four sacks, nine quarterback hits, multiple tackles for loss. Like, they – they played much better. Um, and how, how do you like taking a zoom out on just the season, this game, and just kind of going back these past few weeks, looking at Minnesota, uh, Chicago and Dallas, like, did they find something? Is this fool's gold? Are they about to get trucked by the Niners? Like, where are you at with this Packers defense? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I still don't fully trust them. Uh, and I think that that's warranted given the ups and downs we've seen this season and multiple downs. Um, this was an established unit for the most part uh, as far as what you knew going into the season. The offense was what needed to grow. You were supposed to be able to rely on this defense, and that was not the case earlier in the season. I'm glad that they've come along in the last few games. I think Dallas was obviously the most impressive win out or, or most impressive performance, I should say, by the defense because you look at the Vikings and you look at the Bears. Those aren't good teams. Or they weren't, you know, when you played them. So uh, while I was glad to see more pressure, I was glad to, again, see some takeaways, see some passes batted down, see some tackles for loss, all that kind of stuff. I recognize that that was against two teams that weren't good. Yeah. Dallas was the first team you went against uh, that you that I, that really showed me that you can contend in the playoffs and you can contend against good teams. So I need to see that continue. But I, I don't fully trust this defense yet, which is why I'm I'm hesitant about this game. Um, I have no I have no problem thinking that this offense is going to be fine against San Francisco's defense as good as it is. I think they're going to be able to put up some points. I think they're you know going to be able to control the clock a little bit, and you should be able to because the 49ers have so many offensive playmakers on that side of the ball. You need to keep them off the field as much as possible. But I, I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous. I'm nervous because of that. You've got Brandon Ayuk, you've got Christian McCaffrey, you've got Debo Samuel, and you've got Brock Purdy, who is behind a really good offensive line, and he knows how to get the ball to his playmakers at whatever you think of him as a quarterback. Uh, he's very entrenched in that and then has a mastermind as a play caller who happens to be Matt LaFleur's mentor as well, which is, I think, going into why uh, the the 49- or the Packers haven't been able to get past the 49ers in recent history because – Kyle Shanahan is the top of that coaching tree for a reason. Uh, and, and he shows it pretty much every single matchup. So I'm, I want to believe I do. I just, I can't, I can't give him the benefit of that trust yet until I see it. It feels like the Avengers versus the young Avengers. It's like this team that is an experienced group with a ton of superheroes and all the superpowers they need to be successful versus a team that 
is doing a lot of the same things and copying a lot of the same, uh, you know, sort of like plays and how they want to go about doing it. But they're just a little bit younger, a little bit less experienced with maybe not quite the same superpowers as their uh, older brethren have at this point. But I think that's what makes it so fun is these are two high powered offenses and they can both get the job done in a variety of different ways. They both have playmakers on defense. And I'm just so excited to see, I've, I've talked about it all week, but the Saturday matchups of this young CJ Stroud Texans team against this Ravens juggernaut and this young right. Green Bay Packers team led by Jordan Love against this 49ers juggernaut. All right, let's see what you two kids got because like this, like everything on the line, this is going to be so much freaking fun on Saturday. I can't wait for it. Before we break down Packers Niners really quick, uh, we don't have to talk about uh, Vikings or Bears this week, but obviously the Lions get a huge win against the Rams and really like the only competitive game of the weekend. Um, and then yeah. uh, what are you looking forward to in Lions Bucks this weekend? Yeah, uh, it was a really obviously emotional win, but what the Lions have done so well and they've done so well since last season is they have ro- rose, risen to the occasion and they have such a belief in themselves that they're, it allows them to stay so focused inward that they can block out all of the noise, good or bad, on the outside, which is why I don't think that really factors into they're not going to have any sort of hangover going into their second straight hosted playoff game uh, after being so starved for one for three decades. Um, I It was really important for me against the Rams to see, again, how that Lions defense held up against Cooper Cup, against Puka Nakua, uh, against all of and, and the way that Matt Stafford could deal. I think the biggest testament to that Lions defense was that, and it sounds a little backwards, but Matt Stafford was still really good in that game. He was really good. He was dealing, and you still won. And yeah. that is what kind of gave me a little bit of hope because Aaron Glenn's defense is built on this bend-don't-break principle. And if you if you can break them, you break them pretty pretty hard. But if they can hold, maintain that throughout the game, uh, this Lions team is absolutely capable of scoring enough points to outscore their opponents. And that wasn't even that high of a scoring game. Uh, 24-23, I believe, was the final score. So it's not anything um, too crazy. It's not over 30 points. It's not something that – I mean, the Lions are capable of scoring way more than that. So coming up against the Buccaneers, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I'm going to be there in Detroit – which is really exciting. Uh, my The Buccaneers, I was with them for six years, so I get to see all of these guys for the first time since I think the Combine. Um, but I know these teams very, very well, and I know these defenses very, very well. And Todd Bowles is so, so good. You saw it against the Philadelphia Eagles this past weekend. He comes up with packages specifically for that team at this point in the season. The stuff that they did against the Eagles was not something they had done previously at all during the season that was a brand new package just meant for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts he is going to do the same thing for the Lions and we have seen time and again that if Jared Goff is pressured and if he is hit more importantly he is a completely different quarterback so I expect this game to be won or lost in the trenches because that Lions offensive line is going to have to put up a really good performance against this Buccaneers front seven and all of the crazy things that Todd Bowles likes to do with his guys. I mean, you see D tackles dropping into coverage. You see Anthony Nelson, their outside linebacker as an inside backer, as a standup inside backer at the second level, you can get corner blitzes, nickel blitzes. You can get literally anyone coming and you're going to get a lot of guys coming. Well, 
for that matter, um, against Jalen Hurts, I suppose. I don't know if that's going to be the same uh, the same strategy against Jared Goff, who actually does do well against the blitz, which sounds counterintuitive for you know how, how much you can pressure him, but the key is getting the pressure. So however the Bucs can do that, I know that Todd Bowles is going to have some interesting thing, things lined up for that. Um, I am, like I said, super excited for this game. That place is going to be rocking again. It's going to be the personal challenge of my life to remain completely objective and professional because I have this piece of jewelry from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that I will always be grateful for. And I, it's hard to get that out of your head when you know these guys so well. But I love the Lions too, so I want them to do well as well. If the Lions need to lose, they need to lose. It's okay. We don't mind. I'm just kidding. They're, uh, they're, they're a really fun team. They've done so much amazing work. The Baker Mayfield story in Tampa is awesome as well. It's just, it's a yeah, really I didn't even fun start game. talking about that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's such a fun game against two quarterbacks uh, that I know you've talked about have kind of been rejected and now have been reclaimed yeah. and are playing at a really, really high level. I'm excited about that game. Uh, should be a really fun Sunday matchup, but of course, we got to spend the majority of our time talking Packers 49ers, your key to this, your keys to this game and what you're really going to be watching for um, either from a Packers standpoint or a 49ers standpoint. Yeah. I need to see the Packers defense be able to take away a couple of the 49ers weapons. I mean, we've seen Christian McCaffrey. He's probably the hardest person to shut down. And we've seen very few teams be able to do that because he himself can beat you in so many ways. He can beat you as a running back. He can beat you as a pass catcher. Uh, he, he's an incredible athlete and he continues to do this at a high level. So you need to, if you could take him out of the game and really focus in on him, that's, I, I, I like your chances a little bit, but, or you need to get Debo Samuel, you know, at least limit him. You need to limit Brandon Ayuk. Um, the more you can get to Brock Purdy, the better. Although again, he's been really good in the face of pressure, which is absolutely wild for such a young guy and such an inexperienced guy. Um, I, that's what the, that's what this game is going to come down to is how effective that this for this Packers defense can be against that 49ers offense, which is absolutely electric and is going to have two weeks of rest as well. This don't forget this Packers defense played 95 snaps in Dallas and they are on a short week and they are going to the West coast. That all comes into play. Uh, thank God they're all pretty young because I know that my, just my travel schedule this week, I am absolutely beat and I can't imagine being a world-class athlete and giving my all for 95 plays and then have to turn around and practice on a short week and then fly across the country, uh, to play this, this game. So that's, that's, that's going to be the key here for me. Yeah. I'm interested to see how they respond to that. Um, I think a large part of this is going to be when you look in the box score at the end of the game and look at Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Jones, um, the running game that had the better success and was able to stay balanced. I think if either of these quarterbacks are in the 40 plus pass attempts, unless they're both in that vicinity, um, the team that's staying balanced is is going to be just in such a better position. And it's not that Jordan Love or even Brock Purdy, the way that they're playing right now, can't win in a, a shootout if they need to but it just gives you so many more options for success. And if Green Bay can limit McCaffrey or if the 49ers can limit Aaron Jones, man, does it change the the entire comp, you know, just, uh, um, you know, how the game is going to go. And 
Yeah, I think that's going to go a long way. How Green Bay defends San Francisco's base personnel, how they take try to take you know at least some of their deep passing game away. I think you have to have a little bit of that bend but don't break mentality as well. Though San Francisco is not um, you know afraid to go a little West Coast offense and kind of dink and dunk you to death as well. There's just there's no easy solutions. I don't think for either team, but especially right. for Green Bay in this one. So many fun matchups to watch. Jair Alexander's availability. It just, we could go on and on, but uh, yeah. I'm just so excited about watching this game. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be much a much better game than a lot of people, at least nationally, are giving it credit for. Again, because I just don't think that the storylines have been about the Packers, and why would they? They are. They're playing with house money. They've got absolutely nothing to lose, but that's exactly what makes them so dangerous is because they're like, hey, cool, we're going to go out there. We're going to take risks. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to just play our little hearts out. Because why not? If we lose this game, great. We were never supposed to make it this far. And next year is when we can worry about having expectations and making real noise and being real contenders and all that kind of stuff. But if you can do it this year, man, you're going to like the Packers are just going to continue to surprise some people as they've done all season. So I'm really, really looking forward to that game. It's been I'm so torn because, again, last week. I was in Dallas, but I was also like, oh, I wish I could have been in Detroit, too. And then this yeah. week I'm going to be in Detroit, but I'm like, oh, I wish I could be out in San Francisco, too. I just the the energy and everything about the playoffs, especially as you get further into them, is it's completely unmatched. So I can't wait. Cannot wait as well. Carmen, amazing stuff as always. I hope you enjoy your trip to Detroit and we'll see what happens in uh, Tampa and Detroit. And hopefully next week we get to talk about Green Bay playing one of those two teams, either your former uh, team covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or these sort of lovable Detroit Lions, not necessarily so much in Green Bay, but uh, still they've been a pretty amazing story. And then again, obviously what Green Bay has done has been epic as well. But we will, of course, talk to you next week one way or the other. Uh, But tell everyone where we can find all of your amazing work. Yeah, go on FoxSports.com. Um, I did write about both uh, Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield being kind of this kind of being the battle of the misfits and quarterbacks that were given up on. And no matter which way this game goes, there is going to be a quarterback that was a former number one overall pick that was given up on his original given up on by his original team starting in the NFC Championship game, which is pretty cool. And if you like rooting for underdogs, man, he, this this postseason is for you because it's a lot of yeah. fun. <laughs> A lot of fun storylines out there. Make sure to go give her a follow at Carmi V. You can find me at Andy Herman NFL. That is going to do it for us today. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done